to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Hi there, this is Chris Hurst for Wake the Bear Radio, and I'm coming to you solo because my um, compatriots in this endeavor. Uh, one is he's ministering in Malawi for a few weeks and the other's at a Patriot uh, workshop. So Brandon will be back next week to uh, join us. But I wanted to use this time uh, where I'm to kind of solo. I am solo, <laughs> just me, um, and, and release some things that have been on my heart uh, that I wouldn't have the extended time with my other co-hosts. And I titled today's broadcast as Why I Love Trump. And so I wanted to release some things that I thought were really important, that it's time early to get behind our president and to understand what is really going on behind the scenes, to know that this isn't just another four-year election and we are not just... Um, doing a political thing when we support Trump. And so uh, this is this is my um, all my opinion as I'm here alone and uh, I, it's a platform today that I wanted to share with you and encourage you to say, hey, if you agree, get on board and uh, begin to speak loudly about your affections too for our president. You know that um, in August 2023, there were more than 290 presidential candidates for the Republican nomination for 2024. That, that's pretty amazing because um, that obviously we didn't see all of them on, um, on the, the stage at the primaries, uh, at the debates last week. And uh, Probably a lot of the times, many there's so many is because they want to get their name in print or they want to say, hey, I ran for president uh, for the 2024. But basically, um, what, what we have is that there are some, some publicly denied people who, who probably could be running, who aren't running right now. Tucker Carlson is one of them. I think a lot of us have a lot of affection for him. And as you know, he's the former newscaster, and now he's, do, he's doing his own journalistic uh, programming on X. There's Liz Cheney, uh, whom I have no, absolutely no positive affection towards, other than that she's an image bearer of God. But she has some deep, deep state uh, connections, and she she won't be running for Republican tickets. If she runs again, it'll be independent, I'm sure. And then there's Tom Cotton. You know, he's the senator from Arkansas. And he um, he could get in the running, but he's denied it. Dan Crenshaw, people have said, hey, why doesn't he, um, he run? He's got a cool eye patch and he was in the military. Um, and he does have some very distinctive, uh, very... Um, very distinguished features. He looks rather presidential, but he isn't as he seems. Let me tell you, uh, I do believe that he has some questionable roots and I don't believe that his motives are totally pure. 
And so, uh, I mean, one is uh, Christy Nome, and I fell in love with her when she hosted the Trumps at the July 4th, um, where was it? It was at the, um, the Ru Mount Rushmore Monuments, and it was such a beautiful celebration day. Uh, and she said, when COVID happened, I am not closing my states. Hallelujah. You know, I, I want to champion her. And I do think she is a future candidate at some point. And Mike Pompeo, we know that people have looked at him. I don't think it's his time. I'm not even 100% sure he's a white hat. Um, I don't know where he is in the Alliance Federation as far as those governments um, and military operations that are trying to get rid of the the deep state across the globe and get rid of globalists. Um, he was uh, the CIA head when under Trump, and uh, he was also Secretary of State. So pr just prior to that, so I don't really know where he is. So Mark Rubio, Paul Ryan, obviously Donald Trump Jr. has been named a few times as, hey, maybe he should be running. Ivanka, his his daughter, Trump's daughter, <coughs> excuse me, I'm fighting, fighting very hard to get rid of a cop. And so um, last week we saw the, the Republican primary debates. And as far as I could count, there were seven candidates on board on the stage. And what it takes for a candidate to... Um, to be in the debates is 1% of voter support. <coughs> Excuse me. They have to receive donations of 40,000 individuals. And then they have to sign this loyalty pledge to back whomever the ultimate winner of the party presidential nomination is. And so who do we see? We saw Doug Burgum and he was on crutches because he just pulled his Achilles tendons. We saw DeSantis, and he really had quite a kind of flat, I thought, flat um, showing. He saw Nikki Haley, who is the one female, and she says that she can kick hard with her high heels, but I think she needs a little bit more than high heels to uh, face what needs to be faced off for our nation. Chris Christie was booed off the uh, stage, as he should have been. Uh, he has been a, um, he has had nothing good to say about Trump and he has been a, uh, in butting heads with Trump for a long time. Mike Pence, he barely met, met the uh, donor numbers to get to the debate. And Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, he's rather the kind of the GQ biotech entrepreneur who sounds very good. I love that he said, that he wouldn't support Ukraine if he were elected president, as um, we shouldn't be supporting that that war. And uh, he also said that he'd get rid of the Department of Education, which I'd say, let's get rid of that thing. It can go. And bye-bye. We'll be happy to see it go as it tries to make big government um, the, um, the ruler and reigner over local jurisdictions. Tim Scott, he was the black candidate, and God bless him, he supports 15-week abortion bans at a minimum, and I um, I champion that. And, of course, Donald Trump, he also um, 
he also qualified. I think I got everybody on that, but oh, no, I didn't. I forgot Ada. <laughs> uh, Asa Hutchinson, whom uh, Trump uh, sarcastically calls Ada, and he didn't give the reason why, which got all of us digging. And believe me, when Trump gives a nickname to somebody, there is something behind it. He's not just mean. He's going, there's something you need to look into. And so everybody started digging on their computer. And uh, I'm not quite sure what the deal is, but, you know, Ada's kind of a woman's name. And I'm wondering if we'll find out some sort of something about him. He called him pasty and pale and uh, rather limp. So my guess is that he might have some things in his closet that will soon be revealed. So um, the, the debate was a bit chaotic, and I found that interesting because the moderators had no control over the situation, neither the crowd nor the candidates, and there seemed to be a lot of talking over, and uh, even Nikki Haley, she was kind of uh, saying to the moderators, you need to take control of the situation. There's chaos. You know, she, she let him know that she didn't like the lack of control. And uh, I think it kind of tells you what her personality is as far as needing control and not doing well in chaos. Chris uh, Christie, he called Trump a coward. And he's going to eat those words. I, I guarantee he has no idea what a strong candidate he is up against. Or maybe he does know very well. And so he's trying to trick the people. So anyway, the, the moderators failed in getting clear answers from a lot of the candidates. And the clear winner in the debate was Donald John Trump. So it could scarce, scarcely have turned out better for someone who wasn't even there. And why would he be there? He's got a 40-point lead in the polls and the candidates that, um, that he need to beat him. You know, they don't need to be taking pot shots at him. He doesn't need to be their fodder of the the firing squad. And so what was so interesting is that uh, he and Tucker Carlson had an interview that was pre-taped um, and it showed, it aired at exactly the same time. Uh, and it, uh, I think it was a in your face, hey, notice who's going to be watched, who isn't going to be watched and what the people think about what is the most important thing that, um, that needs to be said. So, you know, why, why wasn't he there? You know, he didn't need to be there. Um, people watched him for four years. You know, I, we all know his work, ec work ethics. We know his policies. We know he's taken shots for us. We know um, that he, uh, he has a strong personality. We know his policies. We know how he interacts with world leaders. We know his generosity when he refused to take a salary during his um, administration. And so we have watched him. And then we got to watch him in both the, the um, campaign leading up to the 2016 uh, election. And we've gotten to see him since November of last year because he was the first candidate to announce his uh, candidacy when he opened up one week after the midterm elections there at Mar-a-Lago, if you Remember, he came out with the 17 flags in Palm Beach in that beautiful, beautiful setting by invitation only. And he announced that he was going to be uh, opening up his campaign. 
And basically, what did he say? He said, I don't want to sit there for an hour or two, whatever it's going to be, and get harassed by people that don't even, shouldn't even be in the running. Should I do that? And he said, a network that isn't partial or friendly to me, and they're backing Ron DeSanctimonious like crazy. So he's referring to the Fox News media that uh, put on the debates. And uh, he said, even though they've given up on uh, Ron, it's a lost cause. And so um, that's pretty much what he had to say about, Trump had to say about the, uh, the primary debates. And except for that, um, he focused in, in his Truth Social account, he said, wow, my interview with Truck, Tucker Carlson, it turned out to be the single most watched video and interview in history. Such a great honor to have participated. And it had over 257 million views and counting. I was one of those that viewed and gave him priority over the watching the debates um, for the Republican primary candidacy. So um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about why I, I love Trump as I transition, because, you know, when, when we look at the debates, they did um, talk about some things about the deb debates as far as who would um, support Trump if he were the candidate and he got... Um, arrest, not just arrested, uh, he got uh, convicted of um, his crimes that he's currently being uh, indicted for. And uh, um, the, the one that said, Chris Christie said he wouldn't uh, support him. And so um, I found that interesting. Um, the, 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 Trump derangement syndrome that we've heard about in the past is it's when people manifest. It's almost a spiritual uh, manifestation with a physical um, outlash of uh, doing unreasonably hateful things towards people who like Trump or when Trump is on the um, on the news or is on a monitor uh, when he's giving a speech. And I want you to know it's a very real thing. In 2016, I'm a resident of California. I risked the paint job on my car and proudly drove around with my Trump sticker on. And I thought about it a long time before I put it on because I just gotten a nice car for the first time in, uh, ever uh, that I could remember. And it wasn't new, but it was pretty and I didn't want it to get all keyed up and vandalized. So I also did several freeway overpass rallies for Trump, and I saw uh, the thumbs up and those that gave the middle finger. And believe me, Trump derangement syndrome is very real. And I think it's going to be even more real in this election cycle because the cost is even more. I had many give me the middle finger while I was driving. Uh, they'd be angry. They'd be honking. They'd put down their window. They'd yell things at me, many profanities. Uh, they drive up on me in dangerous ways. They'd express their anger and opinion in law-breaking ways, which is interesting. They didn't just uh, let me drive. Um, you know, I didn't do that with the Joe Biden uh, stickers, which we had. We didn't have a lot in California, but we had some. It's funny, the sticker thing didn't. I think people knew that he wasn't much of a candidate and they didn't want to advertise it on their, their car because that, you know, it's hard to get those stickers off. 
uh, that's when I knew that no doubt this election isn't just another four-year election. It really is a spiritual battle. And uh, so what we're going to see ahead, I believe, is physical manifestations of a kinetic war as well as manifestations of hatred and um, violence and backlash against uh, our president. And I believe that this four-year election isn't just an election. It's a battle for our republic and those wanting to take away. They don't care about playing by the rules. They don't care about being fair, doing things lawfully, or any other civilized form of the election process. This has been put in rules by our, um, our legal system and our election system. They don't care about it. And I said it before, I think many know that this is a zero-sum game and that he who, who wins in 2024 is going to um, release whether or not we are a communist nation or we maintain our republic. So I, want, I just want to say that very clearly that uh, this isn't just an election that we're playing politics with. So the deep state and their demonic Luciferian cabal, uh, they are an army of witches, magicians, and warlocks. That's what the CIA calls itself because they do operate in spiritual warfare and they use uh, magic and other forms of energy from a spiritual realm to... Um, to empower uh, many of what's uh, what they're the they're getting a lot of uh, the the power that they're getting and so there are black operations going on we know not of and so I do want to release that very clear clear message that um, it's so important that we vote and that we understand what our vote means because if you abdicate your vote you've already sat down and said, I surrender, I give up to the deep state. So uh, let me just talk about uh, Donald John Trump. He makes my face glow. Um, what's not to like about him, you know, making America great. Why is that so horrible? Why is the MAGA term like a four letter word to the MSM? And I think it's because of, they are so evil they consider loving our nation as evil. They don't want to see it prosper and they don't want us to be proud of it because that will take away their narrative. And they want us to be afraid to say, I love my country. I'm glad I'm American. I'm part of some of the greatest people of every color, every former nationality, but we trust in God and we, um, we uphold this republic. I love Trump because he's raw and real. And he reminds me a lot of my father, who's brusque and loud and confident. He was a very strong leader. He was a, uh, what I'd call a man's man. Uh, but he also, you know, lot, uh, was loved by women because he was, um, he was strong and protective. He was an Air Force fighter pilot, a colonel and uh, a wing commander during the, the Vietnam War. Uh, he was secretary in the Pentagon of the Joint Chiefs during the Kennedy era, and he was a patriot and uh, a maverick of sorts. So very much like, like Trump, who's a maverick of sorts, 
Uh, I think my father didn't make the generals list because he often said what he meant, meant what he said, and he offended people. And he didn't uh, necessarily go along party lines. So um, when Trump has what are termed mean tweets, uh, of course, he hasn't really had any tweets. He's been on X once, and we'll talk about that. But his truths don't bother me because I grew up in an at atmosphere of warfare. And what we're needing right now is a president during warfare because we are at war. I don't want him to be my pastor. I, I want him to clean up corruption and the deep extreme evil that our nation is under and to be able to bring these broken things that are um, collapsing our republic back into alignment and back into their original design so that we can be um, America the beautiful again. And we can live a, a, a republic of true freedom with the, the Bill of Rights being our foundation. So, you know, God is, he's writing a greater story than the invasion, infiltration and turmoil, which is over us right now. Yes, we are at war, but we're not alone. We have a God who's fighting with us. Jesus, you know, Jesus, he, he had a tattoo on his thigh and on his, uh, I think it's on his forearm. And he was right, he's riding a white horse. So he's a, uh, El Gabor is one of his names, the Lord of uh, Angel Armies, El Sabaoth, um, Lord Sabaoth. Uh, El Gabor means the fighter, the champion. He is the fighter. He's fought for us. God is writing a greater story than anything that Antifa, Satanists, or any other form of evil in the Luciferian system um, that the, the deep uh, Illuminati infiltrated roots wanted to bring in. Every time God writes this story, let me tell you, it ends well. He's able to shift the narrative better than any CIA storyline. And, and that's without mind control. He uses love. He uses redemptive power. He uses his blood. He brings dead things to life. And he is releasing uh, resurrection power wherever he goes. And I believe that uh, Trump is a part of his story, God's greater story. And uh, because of that, I think God found and looked for, I think he kind of looked left and right as eyes went throughout the earth to find someone to be strong enough to stand against the Midianites and the Jebusites and the Amalekites and the Canaanites and the Nephilim and all the other ites. I love that God raises up champions for their day to bring about his purposes and that um, His for, he has different faces for different periods of time. This is a war that we are in. We're not going to be in a war. Well, we might be in a different type of war soon uh, with um, China doing live fire exercises right on uh, Taiwan's shores and also the provocation of, um, of the Ukrainians to Russia. But uh, right now we have been in an information war, a fifth generation war as as General Michael Flynn would, would call it. Uh, but Trump, he has business savvy and he has negotiation skills. He understands the art of war. He understands the art of the deal. And he is so smart. He's read Sun Tzu's um, uh, book on war. He, you know, he was in military academy as a young man. And so he uh, understands discipline. He understands um, being a statesman. 
He has read our history, understands our constitution. He is 77 years old. And in a sense, he's a type of national father too. And so that's why he draws, draws such great crowds. You know, he's not a rock singer. He isn't cool and hip. He does dance, but his dance is, you know, it's the Trump dance and people love him for it because he's, 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 um, uh, Really, I think it's kind of cute because he's not uh, about how he looks. He knows, you know, I'm just going to have a good time and who I am and take it or leave it. And so he he's comfortable in his own skin. I love him because he's doing what he said he, he would do. He is the only politician I can think of that actually kept his promises. And, you know, if he hadn't been harassed, if he hadn't been uh, persecuted and hampered every part of those four years he was president... Uh, in in the last in the 2016 um, time, he would have gotten even more done. But um, he was uh, handcuffed policy wise, and often infiltrators from within his own ranks would come in pretending they were for him, and they weren't. They were um, they were traitors. They were traitors, and so. Um, I just want to say I love him for what he did do and what he is continuing to do. You know, Elon Musk uh, put out a poll on X last week, and he says, I want to take an informal poll. How many of you want Trump back on X? And and then he said, I do. And that was Friday. Um, and today's Tuesday. Excuse me for not going live. Last night, I had technical problems because... The tech brain of our uh, trio is um, he's serving the Malawi people right now uh, and pray for him if you, you think about him, because they are doing a medical uh, journey and all their supplies have been held up in um, kind of a uh, corrupt uh, holding station. Uh, so the, the, the government of Malawi doesn't want to let them go. So uh, let's just release a, a prayer over them right now. In the name of Jesus, we, we say that those supplies will get released, that those doctors and nurses will have everything they need to bring good health to the people of Malawi, and that the enemy's tactics will not work, that the, the blackmail and bribery that is so much a part of that system and part of the deep state will be broken off and will be disassembled. And we say this in the mighty need, mighty name of Jesus. So anyway, I was supposed to go live. I didn't go live, but this is the third attempt at my uh, recording. And hopefully I'm live now, but I can't stop and look because I'm not that savvy and you don't want to see me doing that. So um, anyway, uh, when w back to uh, the, the Elon Musk's question, who wants to see Trump on X? You know, he hasn't been on X since he was deplatformed two and a half years ago by um, Twitter. But uh, a year ago in November, it was right about the time that he uh, said he was going to be uh, starting this campaign for 2024. Um, Elon actually gave him permission to come on board. It was right after Elon purchased um, Twitter before he changed the name. And he, he activated Trump's account for it. And, and we've heard nothing about it. So he was trying to get a little motion, I think, for this. And he, um, uh, we just heard a lot of different uh, views. But almost all of them said, we think that he should be back. And a lot of those were not MAGA people on, um, on X 
formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and Elon said, we need Trump to join the conversation. Not only is he funny, but he speaks his mind, as you can see. And um, a guy called Zero, I think it might be kind of like Zorro, uh, he said, not even your worst enemy should be silenced. And, and I believe that. So, so there are many on the left, many on the right, who all are for hearing the voice, who are probably one in 12 to 15 people that I read that, that were saying, no, we don't want to hear about them. The vast majority um, said, uh, you know, let's, let's go ahead and bring him back on. A guy called, and it might be a lady, B. Mechi said, here's my list of why I say no. And he, um, that person memed a blank sheet of paper. So, so I love the, the discourse that's happening. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Trump is back on X, not just by permissions, but he had an opening uh, post uh, on August 24th, and this is the 29th. So it was five days ago. And let me see if I can uh, share my screen just to, to let you see that. This was his first post since um, since he was deplatformed. Sorry, I'm trying to get used to how to do all this since Ron isn't here. <clears throat> so hopefully you'll be able to see this. And uh, what we see is his mugshot. And we see the words election interference in the first line, never surrender in the second line, and DonaldTTrump.com in the third line. And if you look at that as an acrostic, it is E-N-D. I don't think that's a, a mistake. I don't think it's accidental. I think he's sending a very strong message about uh, he wants to end. This is the beginning of the end for the deep state. And whether they know it or not, um, things are, are fighting back uh, that they're, they're going to be getting the full fury of Donald Trump. The, the last, um, it was a tweet at that time that Donald Trump did before he was deplatformed. If you look at the date, you can see here it's January 8, 2021. So that was uh, two and a half years ago. <clears throat> and that was two days after January 6. So he has uh, not tweeted since then until this mugshot. So I want you to know, and if you see that he's still getting follows and he's still getting hearts, even now from that old tweet that just changed a second ago. But he said to all those who have, been, who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration. And then below that, he says, the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and, and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. And I think that's a prophetic word that he's talking about. This is the time our, our voice, our giant voice is... Um, is going to be heard. And so that's one of the reasons I love Trump is he is a future. He looks forward and he's calling us to say, speak up. You have a voice. Be heard. Don't be silent. The only one keeping our mouth shut is us. So don't be silent and find a platform where you're not censored. 
And then he said, uh, they will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. And I think he's talking about the days uh, ahead that, um, that are when, when um, possibly he might be, be elected president or uh, come back into office, whatever that might be. So um, I also uh, just want to talk about um, why I, I love Trump. You know, that picture of him, at his mugshot, it, it feels to me like uh, he's saying enough is enough. He isn't intimidated. He isn't quiet. The look in his eyes during that mugshot uh, it, it was pretty awesome. So I just know that I believe that Trump, um, he is he is messaging and communicating to us. He is not finished. And he has the resolve of Patton who took under, um, he had less, uh, less military assets than his enemies. And he uh, won battle after battle during World War II. And so uh, I think that... Um, Trump, he is not a uniparty man. Uh, I love him because uh, he is indeed America's president. He stated that on Tucker Carlson's interview. He said he's not just Republican president. He is everyone's president. And if you listen to that interview, you'll notice he was using the, the present tense, not the past tense. And, and I think after reading the tweets on X, even his non-fan base find him very interesting, very compelling, and that... Um, there are very few who would not at least listen to conversations that he hasn't, uh, that he wants to have. And so um, when, when uh, Trump talks about the Democrats, and he said this on Tucker's interview last week, he said, um, I think they hate our country. You want to know the truth when you see open borders and when you see these policies that they have and so many other things that are so sad to see no, we have a country that's very fragile right now. It's more fragile than I've ever seen. And so, you know, that's true. Trump, I think he's expressing, you know, we are in dire straits. We are um, in a place of, uh, of an intersection. And I think he really wants us to understand that. He wants us to know that. And Trump isn't uh, afraid to stand against the extreme evil and call it out. So uh, his leadership is not Republican or Democrat leadership. You know, most of the Republicans in, co um, in Congress, they have been compromised. If you don't know that, then th that would be the answer to why haven't they um, demanded election integrity? Why haven't they demanded that the Democrats stop with these um, election fraud indictments and other indictments? Why, why is the Republican Party in Congress, the Senate and the House, not stood up? And I would say by and large, of course, there are exceptions. They are compromised, whether it's by terror, because I'll tell you the, the enemy um, in the, the, deep, the, the deep state is a deep snake. It is scary. They terrorize. They bribe. They threaten. They have sex tapes from Epstein. They have bank records and they know how to use them. They have silenced, they have killed, they have suicided. They have um, done much 
to leaders in uh, our government so that there are many weak leaders. Um, the Republicans didn't support Trump during his first two years in office either. And you look at Mitch McConnell, he's a great example of that, that most of Congress and the Senate, uh, they are bought and paid for, and they are under an extreme level of fear right now. Maybe they're afraid of losing their position, their money, or maybe they're afraid of being exposed uh, with something very, very embarrassing. And they probably should be because there is a lot of dark stuff going on. And I, I want to, I love Trump because, you know, he knows who he's running against. He is not running against Joe Biden. He's running against the Clinton clan, the, uh, the Bushes, that whole Obama clan, that, that group, the ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, NPR, uh, the Murdochs, the Soruses. Uh, he's running against players in the deep state. Just look at the Council of 300, look at Davos, look at, um, at the Bilderbergs, look at the UN, look at the WHO, look at the CDC. You'll know who he's running against. Look at the CIA main players, FBI main players, Justice Department main players, and you'll know who he's running against. Yeah, they are operatives in a very dark system. And uh, so it's so very interesting because Tucker addressed that this is a dangerous place to be. And he said, you know, I've watched the, the trajectory, Tucker said, uh, since 2015. And when you got into politics, it all started with protests against you, organized protests by the left, and then the impeachments twice. Um, and uh, he said, uh, do, you, do you think it's going to get violent? And he was talking to Trump. Are you worried that you're going to they're trying going to try to kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you honestly? And when he said that, you know, I was kind of shocked that he was um, Tucker was that honest. But Trump, he didn't answer the question. But what he did say is they are savage animals and these people are sick, really sick. He said, we do have great people in the Democratic Party. And you have great people who are Democrats, but most of the people in our country, yes, they are fantastic. But, um, and, and then he, he kind of switched the subject. He said, I'm not just the Republican president. I am the president of everybody. And I've seen what these people will do. And so that was his, his answer. He didn't flinch. He didn't avoid the question. And I don't know if you know about it, but there have been many numerous security incidences against Trump, um, many letters with ricine in it, uh, even a guy from, uh, I think it was North Dakota, who stole a, a forklift and uh, said he was going to go into the Trump barricade and um, the procession and knock over Trump's car and kill him. And many uh, who have tried with guns. Uh, that we, we've seen their attempts that the, the uh, Secret Service have interrupted. But um, even those that have tried to, to kill his, his son, Baron, and his family members, and some sources state that there are over 28 public assassinations against him. And that doesn't count all the black ops of the CIA, FBI, and other covert operations like the, the Kennedy assassination um, 
those are the ones that I'm most concerned about. And those are the ones uh, that I pray against as I pray for Trump and I pray for him often. And so um, I want you to know that you need, you should be praying for him too. And that there is a real danger as he stands up and fights for America because he is not fighting for himself. He's fighting for us. And he said in a rally uh, in May 2023, I, I think it was in um, I think it was in Ohio. He said, I know it often feels like the cards are stacked against hardworking Americans, against the silent majority, against you. How could you not feel that way, considering all the left's vicious wish witch hunts? and their lies and attacks, their endless election interference, and their pursuit to cancel out your vote, and the Soros $75 million scheme to buy the White House for Crooked Joe. But there's one thing Soros and the radical Dems underestimate time and time again. It's the nearly 75 million patriots like you who make up our incredible MAGA movement. No matter how vicious the attacks become, you are my courage. He said that. We are his courage. You are my hope and my unbreakable resolve to save America. And what's interesting, it, um, his campaign motto went from make America great again to save America. I don't know if you saw that. And it was very intentional. I know it was intentional. And uh, he wants the, the uh, American people to know this is about saving America. It's not just another four-year election. So it, we do have a serious problem with election integrity, obviously, and we'd like to get that um, we'd like to get that sorted out. I mean, it's the very reason Trump is being indicted. For some reason, uh, the left thinks that it's illegal to ask the question hey, uh, I'm concerned, let's look at this more closely. So why would that be? I think the, the real reason is because if people look closely, they would see some stuff. And that stuff isn't wanted to be seen by those who are doing illegal and wrongful activity. Uh, and what uh, Trump said back in June 5th, he, he truthed something he, about the first indictment, which if you remember was about the boxes, as he calls it, that um, were taken from Mar-a-Lago. And he said, how can the DOJ possibly charge me who did nothing wrong when no other presidents were charged? When Joe Biden won't be charged for anything, including the fact that 1,850 boxes, most of it classified, dating back before he was a senator uh, to his Senate days. Um, and uh, it, these things even shocked Democrat senators. So he said also President Clinton had documents and one in court, crooked Hillary deleted 33,000 emails. He keeps bringing these things up because he says, don't put this behind us. We're not forgetting. It is not um, move forward and pretend it didn't happen. We have got to pay close attention. And so uh, these very same things that others have done are the reasons he's being indicted. I wanted to say too something that's on my heart. I love Trump because he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in Israel. The United States was the first country, if you remember, to acknowledge Israel as a country back in 1948. And um, 
they were the first to recognize Jerusalem as a capital, even though all the Knesset, all um, when anybody of any per importance goes to to Jerusalem to Israel, they go to Jerusalem, and basically he brought uh, that embassy to Jerusalem where it belongs, and uh, so he he actually truthed uh, and he said for over 20 years every previous american president has exercised the law of waiver refusing to move the us embassy to jerusalem or to even recognize jerusalem as israel's capital city and uh, then he talked about you know i am going to move this thing forward and uh, that was in May 2018 he said i've determined that it's time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And, uh, you know, I've been to uh, Jerusalem quite a few times, Israel, at least five times. And a few times ago, I uh, got on a bus and I went to where our American embassy uh, was being set up. At that time, it wasn't occupied. It had just been purchased. The news had just broken that um, we were going to have an embassy in Jerusalem. And it is a beautiful embassy. It's on those hills that face um, that face the uh, the the wall of the old wall of Jerusalem and the Davidic city. It's that same place that the Jordanian um, armies at, came over with the the Arab um, five the Six Day War. Uh, it's right there on that same hillside. And so um, I just love that he does what he says. He defeated ISIS and he said he would. Um, we would never have left Afghanistan in the withdrawal method that Biden had if Trump had been in office. Uh, he would not have abandoned our equipment or our people. He wouldn't have let that chaos happen. He would have decommissioned the bases properly and we wouldn't have had the chaos and the loss of life that uh, that he has had, uh, that we saw as a result of Biden. And I love uh, Trump because he's not about himself. He has a resilience and a drive uh, that I have never seen a work ethic quite like him. Kennedy had a, a great work ethic, but quite like him uh, in the offices of pre president. And he's able to uh, come get back up day after day after day and step against the extreme evil in this nation that it's been embedded in our businesses, our government, our non-elected agencies, our NGOs, our schools and our churches, our banks, our military, for heaven's sakes. He's felt firsthand the extreme evil of the political and the personal persecution. Um, he's felt it physically. He's heard it in his ears. He's felt the the spiritual witchcraft coming against him. And he sacrificed his time, his money, his family, his health, his safety, and his golden years. You know, he's he's an older man, but he has the spirit of a, of a strong, fierce, resolved individual who is ready to fight the deep state. And we need a, uh, a president who will be tough. Uh, Trump is called Biden. 
Um, he's called him out. He's he said, what's wrong with this guy? You know, he's, he seems confused all the time. What, there's something wrong with him. When Trump says stuff, he wants you to notice, yeah, there is something wrong with him. And why is it that we're not demanding that, hey, he is not up to the task. We want, um, we want a full disclosure. We have the right. He is in the top office of our presidency. And we know, you know, he spent 40% of his presidency. Uh, Biden has on vacation. And with Tucker, he talked about, um, he, he made some comments about, you know, why do they keep showing him on the beach, on the beach, on the beach? What's with this beach? You know, he's, um, he seems to be looking like he's walking on toothpicks. And he says, you know, that, that grass at the White House is only two inches tall. So why is he walking like he's on toothpicks? And, you know, when he says things, again, he's not being mean. He's wanting you to look into things because he's really, really, really smart. And he's strategically and tactically um, doing something. He's a fast learner. And he's disciplined and he's honest. So we need to, to really try and figure out what is it that he's trying to say when he says, you know, he, he can't even pick up his own beach chair and those things only weigh two ounces, but he can't pick it up. You know, they're made to be really light. And then they just seem to love to show him on the beach. So I think there's something about the beach. I don't know what, but he's, he's, he doesn't say things for no reason at all. So uh, just keep uh, keep keep tabs on him. Uh, you know, Trump, I love him because he's really funny. He's very entertaining. And uh, he talked about gas, uh, gas run cars versus electric cars at, at Tucker's interview last week. And it goes, um, he goes, uh, you know, people should have choices. Uh, I don't have anything against electric cars, but, um, if you go for a four-hour drive, uh, the only good part about that four-hour drive that you can relax, the happiest moments, he said, are the first 10 minutes. In other words, when you get charged. Uh, and the unhappiest parts are the next hours because you're petrified that you're, you're not going to be able to find another charger. And then he said, I'm not knocking electric charge charge cards, but they're, they're fine. If that's what you want to buy, but people should have a choice is what he said. And then he, he uh, made fun of California or my state. And he said, and California, you know, they love these cars and there is a big brownout going on now. There's a grid disaster. And then he said, frankly, there is a grid disaster over the whole country. And that caught my attention. So I think we're going to see the grid disaster manifest. And he said, um, he said, uh, you know, in a very short time, you've got millions and millions and millions of these electric cars in California. And uh, when they have these brownouts, basically and essentially, these cars don't work. And he, he, it was true. It was true. I just want to say as I'm closing up that when you hear Trump talk about things like fake news, he's telling you something. You know, it, it's what made us look into Murdoch the globalist and realize that Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, and Murdoch isn't just an, open, uh, an owner of a corporate news agencies. He's part of the globalist plan. He's part of the mockingbird 
media. It's called Mockingbird because of the dark operation of mind control and programming that were infiltrated through the project Mockingbird. If you saw out of shadows, and if you haven't, go see it, that talks about the infiltration of the media and Hollywood. And it, um, it talks about the operatives of the deep state narrative that are trying to manipulate Americans into buying their agenda so that they can uh, give us a one world government um, that that is run by Luciferian elites. And, you know, he mocks him over and over, not because he's mean. He wants you to remember they are globalists. They are CIA operatives. They are not real media. They are fake, fake people in their position. They've been installed. It's the same as when he's called Crooked Hillary Crooked. He, he wasn't calling her crooked because of just the Clinton Foundation and the illegal uh, activities of her having a server that wasn't protected in her house and keeping classified documents that could be hacked into by um, our, our enemy government so that they could pay her and give money uh, to have um, top secret information uh, out of them. He called her crooked because he understood that she is a high level witch and she um, does things that are that are horrible beyond our understanding, horrible. And then uh, he he said something interesting to Tucker. He said, a crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the in the country. And then he he talked about he said, you know, I took that name from Hillary. I don't give two people the name at the same time. So I took the crooked Hillary and I made it. I retired it. And uh, I think it was a very good day for her. I bet she's very happy. And now I'm using it for Joe because he's crooked. When he said that, it said to me one of two things. I believe that either uh, that she is not in a place of freedom right now. I think she's either dead or she's in jail because he has taken her name that doesn't have to be used by her any longer and repurposed it uh, for uh, Joe Biden. So just know that when he talks, he has a reason for what he talks about. And so um, there are lots of reasons. I love um, Trump and you all have listened for, for quite a long time. Um, I do want to just finish up by saying uh, this zero-sum game, it's, it was reflected in Maui. Maui is a kinetic war against our country by deep state operatives, by uh, an evil federation and military force that is embedded in our country and other nations. Hundreds and probably thousands of people are dead and many of them are children. These people are savage beasts. That place, if you look at it, looks like a war zone because it is a war zone. And right now, I think there's 17 other cities in America that are burning, and they are not normal fires. There is war going on in our nation, and we need to pay attention to it. And so just understand we are at war. Maui is a war, and that the, the workers of darkness in our own government are trying to destroy our nation. And so um, I just want to end by, by praying for President Trump. There are a lot of other things I, I'd like to say about him because I love him. 
I love his bravery. I thank God for him. Um, I know that uh, he was put in place for such a time as this. And I just want to end with um, a prayer that uh, Dutch Sheets wrote on Friday for our nation. And so if you just pray with me, I'm going to read it. Uh, Give him 15 is Dutch Sheets prayer blog. And you can find it at uh, given15.com, I believe. So just agree with me in prayer if you can. Father, as we live life in this confused and unstable world, remind us to remain tethered to our lifeline. May the spiritual womb be ever pregnant with your plans and visions, causing us to birth your life and actions. And like Joshua, help us to keep first things first so that we can prosper and be successful. We pray also today for those on the front lines of the legal battle being waged for America. We intercede for those being unjustly persecuted and charged with crimes by our own corrupt justice system. We pray for President Trump, those who serve him and those who are appropriately questioning election activities. We ask for speedy justice and we also ask that justice be served to those operating in unjust ways. Expose and shake down their evil systems in our land. Shatter the teeth of our of the wicked, like you say in Psalms 3-7. We ask you to give provision to those individuals being unjustly charged, one of the goals being to drain them financially. We also ask that boldness and courage be given to, this, to them as one of the purposes of these charges is to Stop people from questioning elections in the future and from speaking out against the evil in our government. They want righteous people to stay out of the government for fear of slander and financial drain. Give strength against this intimidation from Jezebel. We ask that the strength be given to the righteous for the shaking of the wicked and their activities. And we ask these all in Jesus's mighty name. And then he released a decree. We decree that the evil structures in America are being judged and destroyed and that we will stay connected to our source during this time of shaking. And so um, right now, as I close, I want to say this is Chris Hurst for Wake the Bear Radio. And on behalf of Ron Powers and Brandon Johnson, I just want to say God bless you. And thank you for listening to Why I Love Trump. Goodbye. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO. 1080 on your AM dial.